Let's freaking go. His name is Andy. My name is Carter. We're going to talk anything and everything LSU. I say LSU. All football cards. I'm thinking LSU football cards because of the Bengals Saints over the past weekend. But our main topic that we want to start off with is how often do you frequent hobby shops? And before I let Andy answer, I want to tease something at the end of the episode. The benefit of PCing somebody that is not one of the big quarterbacks. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But Andy, how often do you go to card shops? Oh, man, not often enough. Uh, I need to get out there more. That's that's one of my initiatives, one of my goals uh, for down the stretch this year as I take some some time off and uh, later this year in the holiday season, definitely hit up some uh, hobby shops here in Tampa, St. Pete, Clearwater. I know there's quite a few shops in this area. Definitely want to get out there, mingle, see what they've got in the cases and and see what kind of uh, negotiations I can uh, I can work up in person versus having to you know send these card shops an offer through their eBay store because I know most of these hobby shops have an eBay store they run on the back end, Carter. Yeah. So let us know in the comment section your experience with going to card shops. Do you go to your local card shop? Is there something that you would like to see more of? at not only your local card shop, but just sports card shops that you go to in general. So these have been very you know, popular on our show, on uh, our YouTube show. But if you're listening to this on a podcast platform, obviously give it a five-star review, and you can hit up me or Andy on social media at Card of the Power and at FB Card Quest, and let us know what you think about this. And for me, Andy, I'm not able to go – to card shops all that often, um, but I love it. I really, really do because in-person dealing is so much better than selling online. And yes, you know when you go to these card shops, wax prices are going to be a little bit higher, and the price of the cards might be a little bit higher. But you can negotiate at those card shops. A lot of card shops will take cash payments all day over an online sale for just a little bit more. So for me, Andy. Part of the in-person card shop experience is getting to actually see the card for yourself, look at the condition of the card, um, and and that is just, for me, a major game changer. Yeah, I mean, being able to to properly grade a card um, in person is huge because you just can't see the surface imperfections. Like, sure, you can tell if a card's got sharp corners. You can see the edges pretty good. Sometimes you can see some surface details, but a lot of times, man, there are so many little surface issues that I find on cards that I raw cards that I buy from eBay. I'm like, nope, not going to get this one great because it's got a little dimple uh, here uh, or there. Uh, I uh. couldn't see online. And sometimes, like, I'm actually targeting eBay listings that have bad photos because I know I can get those undervalued just because of the quality of the photograph. But, you know, those surface imperfections, you can really see those in person. You can't see them online. You just can't like I remember, um, you know, one of these Drew Brees cards back here, it was an encased card. I had a bunch of people look and they took really good photos of the card. But until I actually got to see the card in person, I was able to really see, you know, the corners, the smudges. There wasn't a smudge on this one, but, you know, just cards I've dealt with in the past. It is a game changer now. I will say this after visiting Chicago over the past weekend. Car shops will speak for itself, right? Like, you know, if you go out to L.A., everybody knows to go to Burbank Car Shop, right? You see it on the vlogs. You know, they, they it's just an excellent shop. It's one of my bucket listings to get to go to that shop uh, because, you know, they're buying, they're selling, uh, they're, they'll, they'll cash you out if you have, you know, what they're looking for. And their inventory is amazing. So I went to Chicago, went to two different shops. Didn't really do anything for me. There really wasn't any slabs or just anything, really. Um, and and everybody was nice. I'm you know, not saying any bad things about it. But, you know, most sports card shops, Andy, if you ask somebody, um, hey, what shop should I go to when I visit this place? People will let you know. And that's the thing. You can always call a card shop before you actually go to see what they have and 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 see what they're looking for may not be what 
you are looking for. Uh, I wish I would have done that before I actually went uh, to these shops. Uh, but yeah, it's it's you know you you can vet it, and I'll say this as well, Andy. Card shows will always be better than card shops almost 99% of the time because obviously card shows you have what a hundred different tables with a lot of different things so you get more variety as well I can imagine especially like card shows the bigger ones where it, it maybe it's a local show and you can set up a table for 25 bucks and now you can mingle and make some cash transactions sell some of your cards maybe bundle some cards together, sell them, maybe even make some trades and acquire some nicer yeah. PC cards that you wanted for cards you have. And you get to avoid all those eBay fees. You paid one fee of setting up a table. You get all this human interaction. Also, uh, you know, make, it, it, you know, more transactions in a shorter amount of time. It's always been a very interesting concept to me. And I also recommend, uh, you know, people do your research and think about what, Let's say if you go to a card shop or you go to a um, like a card show, think about what they would want, right? I know with my Tyron Matthew collection, some of my higher Tyron Matthews back here, not a lot of dealers are going to want that. It's just the truth. They're just not. Um, so I know that going in. Uh, so I take obviously more liquid stuff. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, some of the quarterbacks that I own and it's a game changer. Uh, if you actually think of the dealer, it, 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 you know, if you make a deal, most smart people, especially as a card shop owner, they're, they're going to want to make money off the card. And it may not be the price that goes on the eBay comps. It might not be what you think the card is worth, but always understand this. And this is one thing that I've learned, and it's very important. It is always harder to sell a card than buy a card. It always will be. So those things are very, very important, Andy, when it comes to going to card shops. But that's why we bring up this topic. We want everybody that goes to more shops than us. Let us know what your experiences are with that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, so, yeah, yeah, you were in Chicago over the weekend. And uh, while while you're you, how does it feel, man, to have Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, you know, come into New Orleans, Joe Burrow wearing the Jamar Chase jersey, putting a beat down on your Saints and the Honey Badger? It sucked, you know, seeing Jamar score the touchdown the way that he did, because, you know, Joe and Jamar, are obviously, you know, two LSU legends. Uh, and, you know, obviously Jamar broke a tackle of Tyron Matthew to score. That was the biggest, like, heart tug that I've ever experienced because, honestly, the Bengals are my second team because of not just Joe and Jamar, but because, you know, my my, my friend Jeremy Hill back here, uh, you know, the Bengals have kind of always just been my second team because that's where Jeremy Hill went. Um it was hard watching that game this weekend, Andy. It just was. I did not I, – I knew it was going to end with Joe and Jamar doing something and winning the game. And me being a Saints fan over Bengals fan, that obviously, you know, increased the emotional value. But to turn this into a collectible thing, and this will be more in the outtakes than right now more than likely, but we'll talk about it here briefly. What Joe Burrow wore into – the stadium was even more impressive than anything that happened. He wore Jamar Chase's national championship uniform, right? Which has not been seen since the game. And Jamar Chase owned that piece of very priceless memorabilia. So, um, man, that was pretty freaking cool. Um, and, and it is interesting, right, Andy? Like, uh, do you own any like jerseys or, or anything like that in, in, in general? Yeah. You know, I, I got my John Lynch Jersey that is, is going back to like 1998 and, and then I've got a work done Jersey actually that you gave me. So I've got those two jerseys. Those are my two jerseys that I got. Man. Oh, wait, I, I, wait, I did send you that. That's right. I did send you a work done uh jersey i'm a big work fan obviously you know him being from baton rouge but yeah you know 
I find it interesting because and we'll say this for another episode as we you know get into more current stuff. I become a, a bigger game worn jersey guy. Right. You know, obviously this changed everything for me, you know, actually getting a game worn jersey from, you know, given to me by an actual player. Uh, man, I, I want game worn uniform, everything. I'm a game use patch guy, big time. And it, it's kind of become a big thing for me. Right. So, you know, game worn anything has just, you know, for me, anything that happened on the field was put to the side because me as a collector was like, I, I've always thought, where are those national championship jerseys that the LSU players wore versus Clemson? Where do those jerseys go? Um, you know, it gets into you know, players autographing their game-worn jerseys and doing a jersey swap. That's become really big. So, like, game-worn memorabilia, especially something like that. I, I saw a comparison recently of a LeBron James logo man card compared to a Le, uh, LeBron James Eastern Conference Finals game worn uniform card, uh, or not, not the card, his actual full game worn uniform with an inscription and an autograph from LeBron on there, and the logo man sold for fifty thousand dollars more the card than the actual full game worn uniform so i think sometimes andy we we get lost sometimes but especially with some of these higher end cards like how expensive these cards actually get compared to actually getting like a game worn uniform yeah no it's very true and i'll i'll add to that that i see for example i was doing a study on big play slay slay on the philadelphia Ooh. eagles he hates the the name darius apparently so i'm call, call him slay uh and and his game worn uniforms from the eagles are selling for like a hundred dollars on ebay um I've, i saw multiple transactions if you go and look look up his sold data whereas you know his super rare cards none of them have game worn jerseys and even the autograph ones that are serial numbered like out of 2025 are still in like a, a 20 25 card so it just goes to show you how much people value actual game-worn, game-used memorabilia. It just it attaches that memorabilia to a specific event, which drives a specific emotion and memory even more. Uh, it makes it that much more powerful. I, I think that Panini would be really smart to bring back, figure out a way to bring back some type of game-used, game-worn memorabilia. Um, in in cards and actually like document the the event that that was worn at. What I would do, and I think this would behoove you know the players as well, is and and this is going to sound ridiculous and it's going to sound greedy as well as a game worn guy you know myself, but wear two different jerseys during the game. Wear one for the first half, then have a different jersey for the second half, and that second half jersey is the one that you could jersey swap. And just pay the players for, you know, wearing the first half jersey and giving the first half jersey to, like, an authorized rep. And I know I'm going to get flame in the comment sections for that. Well, that's never going to happen or whatever. If you pay them enough, they <laughs> a player will happily – now, obviously, a basketball jersey is a lot easier than a football jersey. Have you ever seen – you know, players trying to take their football jerseys off. Andy, have you ever actually watched it? <laughs> oh, yeah, they got to yeah. take the pads off. They got to get a guy over there to help them, like, you know, tugging on it and stuff. <laughs> it's it's like a human version of a Chinese finger trap, right? You're just ganking uh, the, 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 the pads and all of it off. Um, when I played, I liked having my stuff, you know, tight as well. But, you know, it's it, it's one of those things where, if you pay, you know, Justin Herbert enough, hey, you know, that's more money he could make, even if he's able to just keep it. Um, because game worn stuff just for me is a difference maker. And I turned down a really nice Peyton Manning one of one game worn autograph card uh to pay for some Harry Styles tickets. I won't get into that uh for for this episode, but I wanted to make the fiance very, very, very happy. So there you go. Yeah, you can imagine. I mean, we know that a, a set of national shirts, like a hobby box of six to ten cards, you know, for ten grand. Like, 
can you imagine and, and none of those patches in those cards are game worn can you imagine if they release a set with the same quality the autograph serial numbers but with game worn jerseys how much that set would be it would be worth more than a, a set of impeccable with the uh, actual silver and gold and, and rubies and stuff in in the card you know it would it would be extremely valuable i, I think it's something really smart that i think a lot of collectors would enjoy I, I think it's a great idea. Why not? It's the same jersey. Just have two of them, but uh, they just have to make sure they get the the, the spelling right. I, I've seen a couple misspelled names on jerseys lately. <laughs> David Montgomery's name was misspelled on the Bears. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so here's something I would do. Okay, and I promise we'll get into play of the week and all that. I know we're rambling a little bit about game one uniforms, but once again, comment down below anything from this episode that you want to, you know talk about that's fine i will say this so like uh michael rubin obviously owns fanatics and he is very involved with the athletes um he has a connection with the athletes that most owners don't have and obviously you know you think of him more as in, in the 76ers realm because of you know who he is the owner of the philadelphia 76ers but you know i've listened to little excerpts of interviews he's done talking about redemptions and all of that I would behoove Michael Rubin to look into the game-worn jersey stuff, right? I think it would make a financial bit of sense for, you know, there to be a jersey swap at halftime. Change your uniform out, give it to a Panini rep or just whoever. I understand, you know, we could get into the, the, the logistics of that. Doesn't sound like it'd be too much, right? I, if you were to pay a certain amount— uh, to those players, eh, be feel free. Uh, like the famous philosopher Lemire said, "Be my guest, be my okay." That was that was stupid, but still, I would I I would do it. I absolutely would do it. Um, and here's something else that's funny, Andy, is that like you do see like some of these Patrick Mahomes cards. With uh, there was one that went viral on Twitter recently, and it was you know like the jersey number eight was in, you know, the player-worn patch thing. And that's because a lot of the patch or, like, the player-worn jerseys have, like, double zero or 88 on there because you can get more chunk out of the actual patch. But tell anyone, if someone's getting into the hobby, why the heck would I want a Mahomes card with with the number eight on it? <laughs> I, yeah, you, you you wouldn't. And, and that's the thing. They... I've seen it, Mark Ingram, at a rookie premier event wearing Jeremy Shockey jerseys. I mean, just giving him any type of Saints old practice jersey that had Saints logo on it so that they could say that he wore it. He literally had 30 jerseys stacked on him at one time. It was like, you know, and just to just to say that they were player worn. You know, it, that's that's what they do. And that's why you don't see any pictures from these events. They're very kind of hush hush. And uh, I don't think they want a whole lot of press or media there. They don't want their process to really be out there because then they would probably get a lot of pressure to change and actually, you know, make things a little bit more authentic. And it's amazing. Like, there's a lot of players that just don't care about any of this. They just don't. Like, you could. there's photos, obviously, of, like, certain players signing their logo man and all that. They rarely look thrilled, right? Like they're signing a a, a gazillion things at once. Um, so yeah, I think if you you know obviously pay the players a little bit more uh, to you know give their game worn uniforms to the company, I could be part of your you know Panini license or whatever it may be. Um, you know that that would obviously be very cool because you know there's just so much jersey swapping and keeping your own. Uh, game-worn jerseys. I highly recommend everyone go check out uh, Arian Foster. There's a tweet that he had showing all the game-worn uniforms he's had from other players during jersey swaps. So it is very, very interesting. Now, Andy, as far as the card market is concerned, after what was a fun weekend in the NFL, kind of boring, you know, scoring is kind of down, you know, throughout. You did have, you know, the, the Bills-Chiefs game and all of that. And, of course, the Bengals-Saints game was one of the best games of the weekend. Um, you know, as far as, like, the football card market, was there anything for you that really stood out? 
Um, other other than the fact like uh, the the rookies are really making a big move right now in an upward trajectory in the football card market. So you've got Bailey Zappi leading the rookie quarterbacks now at this point um, after going starting two and zero and now created a QB controversy, which I think has probably been kind of blown up, you know, dramatized by the media, right? They need to get clicks. There's got to be a story there. So they're creating this QB controversy between Zappi and Mac Jones. But Zappi's played well in his first two NFL starts, and I've seen his score autograph cards get up to five, $600. Uh, the base scorecard's like five, ten bucks. The gold standard is still very liquid for rookies. So another guy, like another big storyline right now is the Jets. A lot of people are making bets on the Jets after just knocking off the Green Bay Packers. And uh, the Jets are are trending up. Brees Hall's card values have gone up over 100%. Like I literally, I just sold my silver XRC that I bought for 50, sold it for 125. Pen Pals Purple Ink I bought for 35. This, this is back in September like 22nd now selling that for $90 last night. So both of those last night. So still just a, an insane amount of auctions and deals going down on Monday night on, on eBay. There's still thousands of transactions. Um, you are seeing like a, like a slowdown during the week on players base cards like Jalen hurts, right? His prism PSA 10 is still going for around 130, $140. Tua's around $80, Joe Burrow's around $200, Justin Herbert's around $250, $300. And during the week, you'll see these auctions that end in like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday go for lower than what they end on the weekend on Sunday night if that player is, is over exceeding expectations. So I'm still seeing that demand being driven and then during the week. So it's almost like it's being even – uh, more closely correlated with the actual game times and the performance, whether or not they're exceeding or under uh, performing and whether or not their team is winning or losing. And then their position, like I even saw a gold XRC for sauce Gardner sell for over $500, $550 is what it ended for an auction last night. Interesting sauce Gardner. I think one thing, and I know I, I, I say this a lot, but this player is retired and he doesn't play anymore. It is amazing like how cheap he can get Ed Reed stuff. It is amazing. And Ed Reed is the best defensive back of the modern era. You can argue a few other people, but still, it's it's amazing. Sauce Gardner. Uh, hey, he's got the nickname. He's got the swag. He's got the draft capital. Jets, if there's anything they're known for, it's they've had good corners, right? Um, that is very interesting though. And I think obviously the name, come on, his name's sauce sauce. He's got a chain that just says sauce. Right. Um, but yeah, you make a good point about the rookies, you know, playing well, Derek Singley's playing well. Um, you know, obviously I, I think Garrett Wilson has gotten a few like, Hey, this guy kind of looks and plays like Justin Jefferson, which I don't think he's that good. I might be a little biased. Actually, I'm very biased. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, I, I don't think he's that 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 good. But he he's shown flashes, right? Um, yeah. So this this rookie class is is very 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 interesting. Also, I'm just gonna share a deep cut here. There's still a piece of me that kind of sort of believes in Skylar Thompson, just a little bit. A small small piece of my soul truly believes in this guy. But obviously, you know, everything went rough versus Vikings last weekend for him. So we'll see what happens with this rookie class. Now, it is now time for Hobby Tip of the Week. Andy, you want me to go first? Because I, I kind of have a, a, a spicy one here. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, man. All right, so Hobby Tip of the Week is PCing a player that does not have very expensive cards. Uh I think it's smart to do that. I just do. When I think PC, I don't care about how much the cards actually are worth in the long term because I it is my personal collection. That's what PC stands for, right? Like, yes, you can do both. Like if you PC Hulk Hogan or if you PC Tom Brady or you PC like one of these, you know, really, really, really GOAT players, yeah, those cards can go up 
you know, long term, but I don't have the money, you know, to do those things. IPC Tyron Matthew, I switched from Joe Burrow when I started in 2020 because I started seeing that I wouldn't have enough money and I knew Joe was going to be great. So I was like, okay, you can't do Joe, can't do Jamar, can't do Jets, right? Uh, Justin Jefferson. Um, so focus on somebody else. So I focused on, you know, Tyron Matthew 2013. So he had Prism, Tops, love those years' designs and all that. And, you know, obviously built the Tyron Matthew rainbow. And the good thing about that is you kind of get known as that guy, right? So I, I didn't tell you this before we started recording. Something really cool happened to me. Uh, yesterday, friend of the show, Mint Condition TC, um, saw a rare Tyron Matthew being a part of a, a lot sale, and he racked it to me. He he bought it, uh, and I saw how much it was worth. It, it it wasn't an insurmountable amount, but it 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 was it was it was it was a chunk, right? It was a chunk of change, right? Um, and he and he got it for me, and he was like, "I know Carter's a Tyron Matthew guy. Uh, I, I know some of his friends watch my LSU stuff, so that might be part of it as well." Uh, but man, that was really freaking cool. And I've gotten a lot of Jeremy Hill stuff from people. Um, you know, Kaladesi being one of those people and, uh, uh, no off season cards, uh, Paul, um, you know, uh, sent me some, some Jeremy Hill stuff as well. So that's a good thing, right? It is rare if you're like a Justin Herbert collector that somebody's going to rack you <laughs> a, a a a a like a very desirable you know Justin Herbert card. So for me, if you're going, you could PC whoever you want, and if you want to PC, obviously a more expensive player, if you will, a Josh Allen, you do you. But understand that it that's going to cost you a lot of money. A lot. If you want to build a PC that stands out, that puts you in, you know, the, the top one or top five percent of of, of collectors, uh, it's it's really, really, really hard, Andy. And I know your PC is also somebody that uh, is very good and doesn't have like this unbelievably huge following. Your your PC is Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I, I love Mike Evans, and uh, he, that is my PC. I'm, I'm continuously trying to build it. Uh, the one thing that I will say, and this probably maybe this is my hobby tip because it's a really good one, is that be prepared for somebody to buy your card, even if you think, hey, you know, everything's got its price. I want to list it on eBay. I'll just list it at a higher amount. Well, be prepared that somebody could buy that at that higher amount that you thought nobody would ever pay that much for the card. That happened to me with a really nice Mike Evans autograph PSA 10 that I had. And uh, somebody bought it. And then I was like, oh, no, man, I don't want to send this out. You know, so <laughs> it was uh, it was very it was very bittersweet. Um, but but at the same time, you know, that afforded me the uh, the joy of finding something new to to buy and invest in and collect in. And and I love that. And, you know, I'm, I am really focused on raw cards. So my other hobby tip of the week, because I, I get this question a lot is how do I know if I should get my card graded? And my answer to that, Carter, is that first and foremost, you want to make sure you get a 10. But I would say if it's a vintage card, like if you're going back to even the early 90s, uh, pre-90s, 80s, and and before, then I would say get it graded even if it's not going to get a 10 because it's more important at that point to have it authenticated in in a slab and, and protected. And there's so many reprints of the 86 jerry rice for example or the 89 barry sanders like there's so many reprints and stuff of those cards that it is important to just have those authenticated to have them in a slab Uh, a psa 7 8 is a normal thing for a card that old you know so it's not as big of a deal to get a 10 whereas on modern ultra modern cards yeah it's a big deal to get a 10 so if it's not gonna get a 10 then don't submit it for grading just because anything lower than that is, is going to be worth about the same as a raw. And you're just going to end up, you know, be, between the time that it takes to get the card back from Grady and the money that you spend to get it graded, getting the nine back is just not worth it on an ultra modern card. Unless maybe you get a BGS nine with the subgrades that show, Hey, there's a couple things about this card that are nine five, which means it could possibly get a PSA 10 because we know some stuff slips through the cracks a little bit more often with, with PSA than it does with a BGS or even an SGC. 
I love this stuff so much. I, I just wanted to, I, while you were saying that, I was like, man, you know what? I've never actually sent a card in to get graded, right? Um, I do think that's a good piece of advice, right? Especially, you know, like you said, for older cards and reprints. And it is interesting, like, how much more important that authentication process is for these older cards, right? And I know we don't talk a lot of vintage football on here uh but that is important right you know it's just amazing like how much that grade matters for the johnny unitas collectors out there because you know there's just not many johnny u cards out there uh to, to collect so that grade next to you know what that card actually gets is is so 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 very important that's part of the reason why i do mostly stick with modern cards because honestly andy like I'm not a big fan of of grading in general. I'm just not. I understand the authentication of it, and I do feel more comfortable when I buy a card that's already slabbed. It's there's a lot, and we could do a whole episode about what we like and dislike about grading. It could just be my laziness, honestly. Uh, It's probably a lot to do with it. I I just don't like waiting. (laughs) Ah, ah, ah. But uh, but but yeah, I, I I I do agree with that. Now it's now time for hobby play of the week football card play of the week and andy i'll let you go first yeah man well so we're talking about the rookies and that is the easiest path to make the quickest and and the largest amount of profit right now in the market um and so one rookie i want to talk about this is regardless of the team that they play for so i want to talk about sam howell on the washington commanders because Carson Wentz fractured his ring finger this past week, and he's looking at a recovery timeline of four to six weeks uh, per NFL Network. And so, right, Taylor Heineke on paper right now is going to be the backup, but he was absolutely terrible last year, really struggled to help them win games, and Sam Howell looked very good in the preseason. In fact, Sam Howell looked so good in the preseason that the commanders were on the verge of actually releasing Heineke and cutting some some uh, cap space. So, But then Howell got injured at the end of the preseason, and so they kept Heineke on. So I think that they're definitely setting up to give Howell some playing time to see what the, they have in this rookie. The guy threw for 547 yards, 182 yards per game with three touchdowns, a 63% completion percentage, and also showed impressive rushing upside like he was rushing like seven eight yards per carry with some explosiveness and burst and um yeah looked very good in preseason of course you know yeah backup uh, defenders and whatnot but that is the you know the precursor to looking flashy in a regular nfl season game being a rookie i'm seeing gold standard cards i, I watched a couple last night that that were numbered out of 49, ending for like $15, $20. Gold standard, great color match to the Commanders. Also very liquid right now for 2022 rookies. I think he's a great play to potentially make a nice profit here in the coming weeks. Sam Howell, a slightly more athletic Baker Mayfield, right? I, I like Sam. I, I, I really, really do. I didn't think you'd go Sam Howell. This is the beauty of this show right here. You hear things like that. Now, my play of the week is something that isn't necessarily a specific um, player, but an idea, right? And it kind of goes along with uh, the grading process. I do think, you know, for me, uh, there's so many PSA or bust, you know, kinds of people out there. And every time people, you know, buy like an SGC slab, they, some people just automatically crack it and send a PSA. Um, you know, for me, I, I actually do believe in some of these other grading companies. It just makes too much sense for me to uh, to think that the only thing that's going to matter in the long term is just cards and PSA slabs. I It, it just doesn't – and I like PSA a lot. Most of my slabs are PSA, full disclosure. But, you know, it's – I, I, I would be very weary of just writing off like SGC and CSG and a few of these other companies. Um, and I do think as you know we move forward, uh, th- there there could be money made on people that that you know buy cards for a little bit less, even though they're in a different type of slab. So what I would say is 
don't just become beholden to cards that are in PSA slabs. And I feel like that's, you know, very, very, very important because I was like that when I started. Um, because my dad, when he collected, he was very involved. Uh, you know, he was a PSA guy uh, before PSA was a big thing, you know, over the past like five years or so. Um, and he just liked it. He knew a lot of the people, you know, there he liked the grading process and all of that. So it was different then than it is now. And once again, I prefer cards to be in PSA slabs, but if I get in the occasional, you know, uh, SGC slab, it's not the end of the world for me. It's not a make or break thing like it is uh, for some people. So, you know, I don't like it when the biggest aspect of the card is the slab that it's in and the grade that it's given. I like a card to be able to stand on its own. So that's, you know, wishful thinking on my end but that would be my play of the week is look into different things that aren't just in psa slabs sgc slabs are here to stay carter i've been looking at a lot of you know graded josh allen cards because josh allen is now subject to reprints there was a little reprint circle Ooh. going around i haven't seen them as much it looks like ebay put a stop to that thankfully because um, people were falling for that and uh, but look at SGC nine based on Josh Allen closing yesterday in auction for 120 PSA nine for 160 BGS nine for 130. Great example right here of a guy right. that is arguably uh, he's he's number one on my hype index for quarterbacks uh, next to J Jalen Hurts. No surprise. And it's just wonderful to see that, you know, this used to be a bigger difference. And I've even seen some a little bit closer for the SGC nine compared to the PSA nine. So SGC has definitely closed the gap between PSA and BGS. Um, I like that. I, I, I think that what they're doing, they're, they're here to stay. They've, they've lowered their price rates to match that of PSA, but still offering the SGC turnaround time of like three business weeks or less at an $18 per card plus they don't have the declared value uh, limits that PSA has. So if you're doing the $18 submission to PSA, their bulk submission, you have to stay underneath that $199 declared value. And then you also are subject to PSA saying, no, I think this card's actually worth $250. We're going to bump you up to the $30 per card price tier and so forth and so on. Whereas SGCs, it's like $18 per card, bulk submission, no annual membership fee either plus you get the fast turnaround time plus their declared value is like fifteen hundred dollars or less so it's, it's much larger on on that um that bulk submission fee so i think they're, they're here to stay and and there's more and more hobbyists collectors and investors that are you know respecting the sgc value yeah and look i, I i'll be the first to tell you that most collectors want things in psa slabs i'm not saying i'm not just like forcing people into liking something um, I, I have no affiliation with SGC. Now, we are open uh, to to conversating with whoever, right? That, that's not what I'm saying at all. But the truth is I, I don't like monopolies. I, I just don't just in general. And, you know, if most people want their cards in a PSA slab, you know, once again, be my guest, do what you want to do. But, you know, I, I just don't think that that's good. And, you know, if there's other companies out there that's willing to put in the work like, you know, SGC is. I know SGC has gotten bigger in the vintage market, obviously, with, you know, with the mantle sale uh, a few months ago. I kind of like that. I think that's really freaking good for the hobby. So, you know, for me, while it isn't like a specific player, I do think that is something very important. But, you know, I always mention this and I'm going to mention it again. Uh, Lamar Jackson, you know, I, I just think he's going to be very special for a long period of time. And I, I, I know I bring Lamar up all the time. At some point, he is going to go to a Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl. And when that Lamar Jackson hype, uh, Super Bowl hype window happens, if you, you know, watch auctions really closely, especially in the offseason, if you would have bought some Lamars and just sat on them, you're making some money in the long term because he is truly, you know, he's just proven it. You know, he's week in, week out. He's one of the top five quarterbacks in this league. So, you know, all it's fun and interesting that Josh Allen stuff on average still goes for, you know, the gap over Lamar. Obviously, that gap is close some, but 
it, it is very, very interesting. So always, I'm always eyeing Lamar auctions. I've never bought a big Lamar myself. So I, I don't want people to think I'm being hypocritical here, but it, part of that is because, you know, my funds are, are lower than what I'd like it to be. But, man, I'm such a big Lamar fan. He's exciting, big personality, Ravens, all those different things. I freaking love this man. Well, you know, I, I hope that you're right because I, you know, I have been um, bought some of Lamar a couple weeks ago after that uh, close loss to Buffalo. And then, you know, they went on to beat uh, Cincinnati in a close game. But uh, he made some some pretty critical mistakes yesterday against the Giants. And uh, with what we're seeing in the market, like it's 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 fluctuating so much on a weekly basis, right. even for these more elite guys like you have the ability to buy in to some pretty decent Lamar cards if they're ending in auction this week, right? Because the buy it nows are still going to be listed um, at market value or above uh, most in 99% of cases. But if there's an auction ending today, uh, tomorrow, Thursday for Lamar, they could be going undervalued based on how he just lost to the Giants and based on the mistakes that he made that were on main mainstream TV. So, you know, that's that's my observation. So, like, this is now time to buy a dip. So, you know, you had a chance to buy a dip on Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, before they went into New Orleans and just totally, you know, uh, spanked him. And, you know, now that door is slammed shut and they're going to be kind of going up and up. Like, I even saw Jamar Chase, orange cracked ice, non-serial number, but it's that orange cracked ice card from the Fanatics Blaster Box that sold for $100, like, that the like those prices were just immediately jumped up for Jamar Chase all of a sudden. So just another example of how things are fluctuating on the weekend. Like that's when we're definitely seeing the the highest price bikes. And then during the week, you can still find some of these guys that are elite that just had a bad week and kind of get into them a, a much lower than what the current like market value is. Let's freaking go. So excited about football cards and the future of this hobby. We appreciate you guys listening in to another episode. Once again, five-star reviews. It goes a long way. Subscribe if you are watching this on YouTube. And don't forget our major question of the week. Hobby shops. Do you frequent them? Are you near one? What are you looking for? What do you like? What do you dislike? Let us know in the comment section below. And until next week. Peace. What up? What's up, man? Fresh off his Chicago trip. I uh, uh, hope you're feeling all right. Yeah, I feel like trash. Absolute Uh-oh. trash. I don't know if it's you know what. Um, could be. You know, when when you travel and you go to concerts and shows and mm. all of that, um, but it could just be uh, seasonal. Let me turn this on. Make sure this thing's on. There we go. There you uh, go. But um, but yeah, it it was well worth it. It was a great trip. But you know, I decided, and you know, whenever I go out of town, I like to. Uh, spend a day doing like hobby stuff. Right. So I post, um, something in a big Facebook group, big uh, sports card, Facebook group. Uh, you know, it has about, I don't know. I think like maybe, I don't know, like 70,000, 80,000 people in this card group. And I was like, Hey, are there any good sports card shops in Chicago? And every everything that gets approved in this group gets like a thousand different comments, right? And I posted it, and there wasn't a lot of comments. And you know, so I went to one of the few that actually said, "Hey," and I was like, "Okay, Chicago, big sports card city." Um, you know, the Nashville was there. There's going to be some great hobby shops. There was a big sports card show, but it was like two hours away in like a Chicago suburb, and. I went to two different shops, Andy, and they they, they both weren't good. <laughs> there was not a single um, slab in any of the showcases. What? Uh, at either at either shop, not not one. Um, 
one of the shops was busy, uh, which is obviously really, really good. It was a better of the two shops. And they had a bunch of people doing like uh, the Yu-Gi-Oh and Magic the Gathering. They had these tables and, uh, you know, both the shop owners were, were nice, but there wasn't a single slab. And I brought cards. I brought, I brought some of my uh, Jordan inserts that I have, not like PMGs or anything like that, but uh, but both shops didn't really have anything. And, you know, I wasted half a day going to those those shops instead of doing, you know, something else that I could have been doing, you know, in, in a city like that. You know, it's rare I get to go to, you know, Chicago, whatever. So it's like one of those things where, you know, if there is really a good sports card store, if you're like visiting a city, people will let you know. It will be very easy to know. Like if you go to L.A., you know, I've never been to the store, but. You know what store I'm talking about, right, Andy? Burbank? Burbank. It doesn't take much. Everybody knows Burbank. Sports card hobby will always, always, always consensusly let you know where the hot spots are, right? Um, you know, Dallas Card Show doesn't have to promote. It doesn't have to promote. It, it gets, you know, free free promotion from everybody that goes to the shows. It's a great show. You know that you know the Dallas card show is going to be great. It's a bunch of good sports card stores in Dallas. So you know the one thing I I learned from that is, you know, people will let you know. They will let you know where you know the the, the real deals are. So you got to got to meet up with Brad Nolan. That was a big thing, man. Uh, and that's the second thing awesome. about you know, like. Like you and I haven't met. We have not met each other. Never. And you know, being full time on, on YouTube, I want to meet as many subscribers as I possibly can. And obviously the more active you are in, you know, like the group or whatever, the the more I want to meet you because you talk to them like every single day. And I t- you know, I, I talk to Brad Nolan a lot, a lot. Um, and the funny thing is we don't even collect the same thing, right? He's become one of these really big vintage soccer, uh, guys, but we're just friends. We made, we made friends through you and, uh, he's one of, he's one of my best buddies and we met up and his wife was like super nice. She's the best, but you know, he was just a great guy. And, you know, that's the main thing I learned is one of those sports card shops did have a lot of people in there, but they were just fellowshipping. They were doing like community the magic the gathering stuff um but yeah you know i really do believe sports cards is as much about you know i know a lot of people saying it's cheesy but you know it's better with people right and it's better to meet those people so i guess we for sure have got to go to the national now for sure man for sure you know i said no to a peyton manning card i really 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 wanted and it did get up there in an auction you saw the card um Mm -hmm. And, dude. Game-worn patch. Game-worn patch. Sticker auto, but I don't care. And one of one, you put in a slab, they're going to put one of one on the the slab, whatever. And I really wanted it. I really, 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 really wanted it. The Harry Styles, everything put together, doubled that. A Peyton Manning one of one, game-worn patch, auto. Um. And we didn't we didn't have the best seats. I mean, we had good seats, but man, it is ridiculous. Like, cause you know, I, I know we think of sports cards as an unbelievably expensive hobby, which it can be, uh, especially who you decide to PC will definitely determine uh, that outcome. But uh, guys, it's, it's it's crazy how much this stuff costs. It's crazy. Before before I get started talking about sports cards. I got to see my favorite piece of memorabilia that's out there. There's two pieces of memorabilia that are my dream pieces of memorabilia. Okay. It is the Joe Burrow national championship Jersey, right? I just want to touch it versus Clemson or, or see it. It, it, I don't know where Joe keeps it. I I would guess it's, you know, in his house uh, somewhere or or somewhere (laughs) in a safe. It is interesting that Joe gave away his AFC championship Jersey to get Cuddy. 
Okay, did you do you remember that from last year? Well, uh, no, no, but I did saw I did like a music video and Kid Cudi's got like a Joe Burrow song and everything. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty cool. So, so they're they're like best buds now, right? That's cool. Which is which is cool for Joe because you know he listened to, to his music growing up. But did you see this over the weekend? What Joe Burrow wore into the Saints game? What he what he wear? Oh, dude, I gotta look cold. it up now. It's cold blooded. Wow, uh, they they nuked the Saints, man. They Joe Joe and Chase went off. So look, uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you be in shock. What Joe Burrow wore into the, uh, the 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 stadium, and that is the second piece of memorabilia I would love to see in my lifetime. Um, I I just can't believe that he did this because this is such a priceless priceless piece of, of art now i'm sure like if for some reason joe burrow uh wanted to sell his national championship jersey uh versus clemson he, he would he would get a million for it at least 500k for it uh i would die if i was that rich <laughs> but if i was if i had like elon musk money or jeff bezos money or whatever it may be that would be my one splurge item is buy that jersey or any Joe Burrow jersey from you know the 2019 season. Um, but man, dude. Oh, you so see that? he wore the Saints or the, not the Saints, the LSU number one jersey. That Jamar Chase wore in the national championship game. He wore Jamar Chase's. I I can't find the picture, but I'm finding a little news article about it. Oh well, I'll, I'll send I'm trying it to, to find the picture. I I should have just googled it. Actually, I don't know why I went to Twitter. So he wore it. he wore the um. It is it is truly incredible what this guy wore, and the cool thing about this Jamar Chase uh, jersey is um look I post the uh post the link in the private chat. Uh, the cool thing about that jersey is it still has, because you know, like when you play on turf, you don't get stains, you don't get like authentic grass stains. But I saw this on Austin Eckler's jersey; it, it does get these red marks on the front of it. It's like you could bear, it's kind of faint, but you could still see it. And you can go look up, you know, Jamar Chase from that game. You could see that. Um, you could see that this is the exact jersey he wore um, in that game. And, you know, they only wore that 2020 playoff patch in two games, one versus Oklahoma and then obviously in the national championship game. Um, that right there is just crazy. And I just tired Matthew wearing a uh, uh, normal tire Matthew gear. Oh, man. <laughs> The not a uh, not a Tennessee not a Tennessee jersey. <laughs> not a te- oh man, I was cold blooded. <laughs> all that, he but got but the the truth is, is that's just incredible that Jamar just has that. Uh, Joe called Jamar before the game and said, "Look, I want to wear one of your jerseys uh, before the game, so just call me." And Jamar's like, oh, okay. And the one jersey Jamar has hanging up in his house is that one. Okay. That's crazy. Because Jamar in that game went for nine catches, 221 yards, and two tutties. Wow. And he could have had more. He actually dropped a touchdown in the fourth. Um, But that was one of the best games a college football wide receiver's ever had in that moment. Right. And that jersey is just so cool that Joe wore that jersey, you know, in the return to um, New Orleans. But uh, I played Jamar Chase everywhere in Daily Fantasy on Sunday, and I I didn't I didn't even I should have like connected the dots in terms of the the homecoming to New Orleans and everything. And knowing that he was going to go up, but it was, it, I just did it based on the numbers. Like I, they have like Jamar Chase priced down to like 7,700, like in comparison to Cooper cup at like 9,000 and Justin Jefferson at like 80. I was like, 
there's only uh, so many games that Jamar Chase is going to have like that are sub, you know, 15 point fantasy point games. Like it's that buy window we were talking about for Jamar Chase closed. <laughs> I like this right here from Patrick McNuck. McNutt. His uh, PC is Carlos Boogie Basham. I, I I love that. I love a deep. I love a deep cut. There's nothing more that gets me going than uh, a deep cut PC. Deep cut defensive player PC. Nothing. Nothing in this world. And the good thing about like you know like the rainbow stuff like I should have thought about this beforehand, but it's not just like rainbows. Like someone said, hey, I'm collecting all the Russell Wilson Prism cards, um, which is cool. Right, you know, 2012, 2013, 2014, that's cheaper too. Um, than doing like a rookie rainbow, and like I, I mean, I clearly stated my rainbow isn't like what you know, Parker or, or, or Xavier McKinney collector, uh, is trying to do. Um, what she's doing, like an actual like card, card, not an insert. Panini certified football, Panini black football. Select draft picks football. Uh, what you looking at? New releases? Yeah, nothing really. Nothing really. Uh, good yeah, anymore. we're kind of in 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 between. We're score right now. They're kind of letting score percolate, and I think you know the only beef I have against score is that it's it's thin. You know, it's not. It's basically used the same paper that they make a base Donruss, so it's just like a a base paper card. Yeah. So you, you just. The paper they use, like the base contenders, you just you're more susceptible to edge and corner damage, and so you get ding corners really easy. So I bought this. Um, I think what is it numbered? Ten out of. I bought this. I got this Rashad White for almost fifty bucks. It's numbered out of twenty. It's a red. It's two out of twenty. Number two out of twenty. Sticker auto Rashad White. I thought a really clean rookie card. Yeah, I love the wow. red prism, but it's, I mean, it's got a little corner ding on the, uh, on the top left. So it's like, ah, I'm not going to get it graded. Uh, but otherwise I think it's the, the score design is really clean and it's a pretty big checklist. So you've got quite a few of the rookies in there. And, uh, even like the Bailey Zappi base cards, like the base score Bailey Zappi cards are selling for five bucks right now. So, Right when a few people were hitting me up last week, oh, I, I, I'm going in big on Trevor Lawrence. He's about to break out. Mm. Well, and and yeah, I have an interesting take about about him in that game. I just I think he's kind of playing scared. I oh, know he is. Yeah. Playoff contenders, two thousand rookie ticket. Uh, BTS nine with ten auto. You want to guess the price? Mm, BGS nine with ten auto. Oof. I mean, uh, yeah, that card probably used to be like six figure card, but now I don't know. I'd say twenty five thousand. Fifty k. Fifty k. So I was a little not not quite as low as what, uh, but I, I know that 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 card has has gone down uh, yeah. quite a bit. It has, man. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, a lot of reasons for that, but it's just, it's 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 along those same lines of of like we were talking about last week, where some of the content creators like to point to the Brady stock or the Mark, Michael Jordan ro- rookie stock, you know, and and say, well, those have gone down so much, the hobby's crashing. But I just tripled my money on some Brees Hall cards that I bought a couple weeks ago. You know, the the hobby is very healthy. It just it depends on what you buy in it and what cards you buy. You know, you gotta and and the you know and a card that's that's already at thousands of dollars. We cannot expect it to go up to a hundred grand. I think those prices that I see, where I'm like people paying two million dollars for a card, I'm just like. That's insanity, man. Insanity to me. Insanity. Yeah, it's more to buy followers, Joe. 
right? Like if you buy that card, you're known, right? Like yeah. it's as much advertising. Yeah, that's what it, that's what it's all about there. Um, you know, and uh, and obviously, you know, it's a gamble. You don't know what the card market's really going to do with those big, big, big cards. That's a point zero 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 one percent, you know, group of people that are actually in sports cards that are in the market for that card. Crazy, yeah. And it's like, yeah, expecting them to pay six figures for this card is just it's crazy to me because there's so much there's so much downside there. And um, I mean, yeah, and buying that, expecting the next person to expect to pay more is, is mind blowing. But I, I get it. It's a flex. Like it's the same thing with these guys that are ripping national treasures and impeccable and stuff like that. And I know some of these guys are breaking it, but some of these guys are just buying it to rip on their channel and the very popular channel. Who doesn't want to watch and see what comes out of a national treasures box that someone just spent 10, 15 grand on, you know, I'm looking at this card right here. Look, I'll send it to you, uh, really quickly. This, um, Josh Allen, uh, what four color patch on card auto immaculate rookie player worn, obviously not game worn. Nothing's game worn now, but to get this for 2K is kind of a, a steal here. Whoever got this, I mean, they'll get it. Yeah. If, uh, that's one of the few cards that I feel like with Josh Allen, you know, this kind of went under. I thought this would go for very, very fair uh, deal here. But look, look at the seller. That's why uh, big C collectibles, zero feedback, brand new seller. So, I mean, I would be super sketched. It does say authenticity guarantee. So at the very least you're getting your money back, but like who just starts up a store and this is the very first card that they list and they put it in an auction to end on a uh, on a Monday night at 7:21 p.m. when I've told that I've noted that there's literally tens of thousands of football card auctions ending Monday night for whatever reason. That is you kind know? of catchy. But why would why would you start a new one and this only go See sometimes I think people do that so they can lower the comps. And and buy buy up Josh. I, I I don't know. That's a galaxy brain thing. But well, let's check out the bidder. So let's check out the the bidder. The C star 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 S who's got a ton of of feedback. So yeah. I think this is actually a person that actually went for it. It, it. Unless it was the guy's friend or something like. Yeah, unless you're like you're targeting this card or a card very similar to this at a show. You've got one, so you start up a store or a new account have your friend bid on it they don't actually buy it but it go it, it shows that the auction ended and in the meantime you can then take that to the show or the card shop and say hey look here's a recent comp for this card i'd like you know i'm, I'm offering you 1800 for yours whatever similar scarcity josh allen type thing yeah but anyway, yeah, I'm 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 ready. For, I'm ready whenever you are. Um, you know, obviously that's a good like general topic. How often do you go to um, hobby shops? And I feel like the hobby is completely different if you do a lot of in person thing than uh, if you don't like us. Um, so yeah, yeah, it, it makes me. Want- it makes me want to move to Dallas. It really does. Because really? because they have a lot of good card shops and shows. That's it. That's the main reason I want. And I'm going to be honest with you. I talked to the two hobby shops in Chicago. And obviously, you know, the Bears aren't that great. That might play a role in this. But that is still very much a baseball and basketball city. Right. Um you know, 
in Dallas, it is a huge football card city, huge. And, uh, you know, I, obviously that's what I do. I'm starting to dabble in some basketball, but I, I'm football, man. Uh, so, yeah, man. But, yeah, I'm ready whenever you are. All right. Let's... Let's freaking go. Hit the...